and welcome to Women in the Business Arena, formerly known as the Liberation Lab. I'm your host, Sonia Statman, success strategist for women in business, and I'll soon be joined by my dear friend and co-host, Laura Guzman, an amazing psychotherapist who works with women entrepreneurs. Together, we dive into juicy topics relevant to women in business. We've learned through decades of being entrepreneurs how to conquer the business arena and achieve not just success, but fulfillment and liberation. We also believe that this is a continual journey of ups and downs, so we get honest, vulnerable, and real about what it takes to succeed. Think of this as joining our inner circle of women discussing the issues that matter and the strategies that will help you enjoy the ride. If you want to continue the discussion, join our Facebook group, Women in the Business Arena. We would love to hear from you. Okay, let's get started. Hi, and welcome to Women in the Business Arena podcast. I'm your host, Sonia Statman, and I'm here with my beautiful co-host, Laura Shuk-Guzman. Hey, Laura. Hey, Sonia. Ready to dive in today? I am ready, as always. Yes, me too. And today we decided that we would tackle a topic. We've had lots of threads on this topic, but I think it's such an important one. I don't think we can ever talk about it enough. And that's really, why is value still one of the core issues that women have to confront and get over to succeed in business? What do you think about that, Laura? Yeah, it is really at the core of so many things that we see with us, ourselves, right? And mm-hmm. with our clients. Yep. I don't know how many times I keep coming back to this in my own self-examination, my work, being able to value myself at the level that really equates even the financial return, right? It's really easy for me to continually, um, even though I recommend to other people to make sure they're owning their value and charging what they're worth, I will still fall into that imposter syndrome or like fear that I'm not actually able to charge that much. And so this is definitely not something that is um, complete for me as well. So I'm I'm glad that we're talking about why is it such a core issue and such a challenge for so many women that are accomplished and successful in so many realms and yet we're still wavering on value. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah. Look, I think it's amazing. And I think before we should even talk about some of the examples of where I see this, because I don't think everyone always has awareness or understands how core this value issue really is. So, you know, I see it in in all areas of business. So a lot of times people can't decide in their direction because they're, you know, scared to really step out into the limelight. So like, that's one way that the value issue can come up is, you know, that fear of really getting out there, of standing out, of stepping into their genius, you know, all of that. It it comes up in pricing, right? So then so many women are devaluing themselves. It also comes in over-delivering, So a lot of women might charge well, but then they way over deliver. Like they're constantly delivering to people. It comes in, in the mode of like, you know, what they're, um, the giving, like setting boundaries, you know, so many women struggle to set boundaries. That's a value issue as well. Um, struggle to say no, struggle to say no to the wrong fit and only take the right fit. Um, struggle to really step into their genius and give up all the many, 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 many things that they can do, but it's not their genius. And it just goes on and on. Like I find that almost every issue that I deal with, with my clients comes down to a value issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And I think that like 
the one that I really resonated with what you said is the over providing, yeah. the <laughs> over functioning, like a friend of mine, when I were talking about that, she's like, so many women are just over functioning. Like we're doing yeah. so much more. And I was like, wow, that really is, it's true. We go beyond what is even necessary. And I think that that is because there's a trying to make sure that we're really delivering that. If we're going to charge this, then I'm going to be extra careful and make sure that I'm not just going a hundred, you know, I'm going to go to 150 or hundred and, you know, 200. And that's an interesting, that's an interesting one for me. So I think that something I've been reflecting on and it brings me back to a, a quote or a statement I heard from a psychologist, um, Esther Perel, of which I think that um, some of the listeners may have heard. She's a psychologist from Belgium, and she talks a lot about um, relationship psychology and infidelity and such, but she works with women primarily around them finding confidence and owning their sexuality, owning their, their value, their worth. And she says, one of the biggest wishes that I have for women that I work with is that they stop personalizing these systemic problems. I'm paraphrasing here, but she basically said, I would just love to see them, you know, stop personalizing what's systemically broken and they see themselves as broken or they see themselves as inadequate. And there's so much around us that, so even when we have this conversation of why is it that women struggle with value? I just want to bring to the discussion that, well, we have been undervalued for years, for centuries like we've done work that was unpaid, you know, mm-hmm. it's the invisible hidden figures that have constantly done very important work, the care work for children and the elderly and all of the things kind of behind the scenes. But I think that because we've done it for so long without compensation, that it's actually still such a new phenomenon for women to feel that they weren't being paid and that they are making very valuable contributions to the society that is economically valuable. Does that make sense? Yeah, completely. And I think that that's something we've talked about a few times and I think it's very, very relevant. So I think the fact that we haven't been paid for centuries and that that's sort of this underlying core energy that women are less paid for what we bring to the table. I think that is part of what we're constantly fighting systemically and culturally. I also think you have an even added layer to that, which is that if you operate in your masculine as a woman, you're more valued, you're paid more, you're able to succeed more in business. If you operate more in your feminine, you're devalued, you're, you're looked at as less than like, there's a whole sort of a sort of another layer to it, I think. And this is what mm-hmm. I've seen in business is that, you know, women don't recognize how valuable what they bring to the table actually is. And so with a lot of my clients, as I'm working with them, you know, I'm trying to help them see that what is effortless for them is actually their greatest value because so many women are working so hard to deliver something that actually isn't even their genius. It isn't even their greatest value. And when they stop, they, they sometimes think, well, this is too easy, right? Right. To deliver this. It can't be a value. Yes. Yes. Oh, I see that. And like what women are really 
good at, the things that they've developed over the years and all the different, you know, ways in which women hold multiple roles and managing their family, managing their work, managing their um, children's school activities. And, you know, there's like all these ways that women are developing skills that can then be really applied into the business arena. However, we often don't even see all these skills that we've built up as valuable. And, and there actually is um, a really good book about this, The Price of Motherhood, which was, um, gosh, was that written by, now I'm spacing on her name. I'm sure some listeners are like, mouthing it to me right now, but The Price of Motherhood, um, you can look that that one up. And a feminist who wrote that one, she makes Anne-Marie Slaughter. Is it Anne-Marie Slaughter? She wrote um, some some pieces around like our contribution to the economy and like so many women like entering the workforce after they've stopped and had kids, you know, and then feeling like they don't have a resume. And yeah. she actually goes through in the book and talks about all the things that women do and, and how to reframe all of those things as valuable to a business mm. that we just, we're so good at it. And it's just such the second nature that we can do all these things. And then we think, because what you were saying, we're looking for the masculine traits, like, well, I don't have experience with this and I haven't been given the power or responsibility for this. I can't put it on my resume. And so we have this kind of skewed perception even of what is valuable, like what our, of our experience and our skill set, And so that's an interesting perspective that she gives too, to help women reframe all the work that they've been doing and understand its value. So true. And that's so much of a lot of the work I do, even in my Women in the Arena program, because it's reframing our value. It's re-looking at what we actually bring to the table and stepping into that. And I think it's interesting because, you know, we are fighting the systemic issues, right? There's no way around it. Like systemically, everything masculine is still valued in business. Like it's true. It's out there, you know, deny it or not deny it. I see it every single day, the sexism, the way the masculine is valued, the way the feminine is devalued. And it's done really subtly. And I get in, I, I'm kind of known for my arguments on Facebook in certain yeah. groups because I'm always like, can you not see the sexism in your statement? Can you not see how right there you are, you know, that like valuing the masculine and devaluing the feminine? And so it's happening systemically everywhere. And even a lot of women are honestly um, not aware of how prevalent it is because they've been indoctrinated to just accept it. We've, you yeah. know, we've been taught and, you know, told and suppressed and, you know, made wrong and shamed to actually believe that we are not as valuable. And so that, yeah. you know, de, like a lot of women, sometimes I'll get in sort of arguments, loving arguments with women who are debates more like, who don't believe that this is happening in the world. And, you know, part of it is because, you know, they're, they're just not aware of how much is going on. Like it's, there's, it's been so accepted that, you know, we're not aware. So there is sort of this systemic stuff that we are fighting that we do have to work with. But the first step is that we value ourselves. And that's what I see so many women struggling with. Right, exactly. Because even though, that's why I like that quote about not personalizing, because even though we can recognize something as culturally influencing us or a systemic problem, we still have to come then back to ourselves and say, okay, so, but do I need to internalize that lack of value. Mm. Do I want to take that? Do I want to 
agree and sign up that that's how I see myself. And I think when we don't examine it, we sometimes do adopt those beliefs very unconsciously. And so I'm glad we're talking about it today because it's like, okay, if we were to consciously look at that and say, do I agree with the statement (laughs) that my work is less valuable than my male counterpart, you know, then the answer for me is no, actually I'm not less valuable, but there's a lot more work than that comes after that. So first is acknowledging, no, I'm not less valuable, but then how am I going to continually come back to my value? Like you're saying, how do I, how do I build a resilient sense of self that I can come back to when I am feeling insecure and when I'm doubting myself and when I'm up against a new paradigm in which I haven't actually ever been maybe seen in that high self-esteem, you know, I haven't been held in that high esteem before. And then all of a sudden, like, that's when I think a lot of women hit their imposter syndrome that we've talked about previously, right? They, yeah, yeah, they struggle to like really embody and embrace being even seen by others in their true value. Absolutely. And I think, you know, it's a journey. Like this is not something that you can um, just shift your mindset instantly or that you can just do a mantra and hope that you're all of a sudden valuing yourself. Like it is a step-by-step decision every single day to value yourself more. And it's one of the reasons like why I take my clients on a journey and I can't just do things in one session because they've got to keep stepping into that value. And then it's like one day it clicks, you know, where there's like this piece of us. And, and I think we all keep evolving, right? I mean, I'm always still evolving in my uh, like appreciation of my value, my honoring of my value. I don't think we ever get to a point where we're like, I'm done. I 100% value everything I am. (laughs) I mean, maybe, but I'm not there. So I think, you know, this is a, it's such a journey. So it's not something you're going to do instantly, but the more awareness you have and the more attention you put to it and the more you recognize that this is the core issue. Because what I see is that so many people are frustrated in their business and they're focused on things like marketing, which we've talked about before. I need to know the tactics. The reason I'm not succeeding is because I don't know how to do Facebook ads. The reason I'm not succeeding is because I need more time doing social media. You know, it's like they're focused on tactics. But the truth is, almost every single person I've ever worked with, the tactic is not the issue, especially with women. The tactic is some way they are not valuing themselves. Yes. And so this leads us to, I think, a very important question I'd love to um, break down with you is, what is that costing us? What is it costing us to not value ourselves in our lives, in our business, in our relationships? (laughs) Oh my gosh. Pretty high cost. It's a hugely high cost. Okay. So put aside the financial cost, right? Because if you're trying to run a a business, like you're missing out on money. Like, let's just put that out yeah. first. So yeah. just set that aside. That's one thing, absolutely. It's costing you time because if you're not valuing yourself, you're definitely probably over-delivering. You're not setting boundaries. You're giving too much. You're overcompensating for that lack of value. And so, you know, it's costing you time. But let's talk about what I think is the biggest cost. And that is your freedom. Because mm. every moment that you are not valuing yourself. You are trapping yourself in less than you are in 
like, you know, uh, compensating for this lack of value. You are allowing all this indoctrination and all this ideas in the world and the systematic issues that are there tell you what you're worth. That is a trap. And what you're losing is freedom. Yeah, that is, yep. That is, I think, the highest cost of all. Like you said, the other ones are pretty apparent. You're going to be costing yourself money. You're going to be costing time. But the cost is this, this self that you're doing. See, so in the irony of it is, is that so many of us go into running our own businesses, into entrepreneurship for that freedom, for that self um, what's that word, like sovereignty and um, identity to just be able to, to do for ourselves what we want to do rather than having to operate somebody else's company. And we don't have, um, you know, it's funny because I heard someone saying like, we don't really stay in employment as much as we used to because there's not the same sense of security um, that companies offer. So we used to trade our freedom <laughs> um, to be with a company that would give us stability mm. and that when that stopped happening, when companies were no longer stable or secure and they were letting people go, people started going into entrepreneurship. And then what's really interesting is that we have to be that for ourselves. Like we have to be that, that safe place. We have to be that stability. And if we don't value ourselves, then we're, we're trapped again. Like we've left one place that we felt imprisoned and not safe and not supported. And then we go and betray ourselves if we don't own our own value. Yes. That makes sense. I was just thinking about like you, the freedom thing is so interesting to me when I think about entrepreneurship, because we actually usually put that at the top of our list of why we decided to do our own thing. And yet we trap ourselves, like you said. Exactly. And that's why intention to create freedom, intention to run a business and the practice of it are very, very different. And I think you're exactly right. So many people go into business wanting the freedom, wanting the choice, wanting the time, you know, all of those things. And then they sabotage themselves because they haven't yet handled the value stuff. They haven't yet really owned their value. They're not standing up to others. And, you know, that's a, that's a huge cost. And so then either they give up eventually because they don't succeed in the way they want. They run themselves into the ground because they do succeed, but not in a way that's aligned, you know, so then they run themselves into the ground or, you know, there's a few people who are, who have truly succeeded and experienced that freedom. But I think it's a very, very small percentage, to be honest. Um, yeah. I think a lot of people, there's an illusion out there that people are happy, that people are fulfilled. There's not a lot of transparency and honesty about what it actually took to succeed in business and how they're actually feeling once they're at that level of success. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I was having a conversation with someone the other day about the, you know, when do you know that you've made it? <laughs> and, and they're like, it always just seems like even if you get to a goal in a place that the human nature is that we want the next thing. Um, so that's a really interesting thing too of, you know, we're, we're kind of, if we're not, and I think it's because it comes back to not really valuing who we are. So we're chasing a carrot. This is the internal yeah. external thing that comes up in our talks a lot too, because the more internalized 
you like that you've internalized value and that you're able to source from self the more sustainable anything you do your business your relationships because you are the source of that you're um you're that gatekeeper of your own energy and your freedom and like your sovereignty but when we live in or we do kind of live in a culture that worships often the external idols like always constantly attaining things outside of our sh- ourselves to show status right then it's easy to get caught up in sort of the external value what what is externally valued around us and get caught up even chasing that so even if women i feel like we've kind of fallen into that trap of if we do want to be seen or if we want to feel valuable sometimes we go after what is perceived as value like just climbing that ladder or getting the status or we doing certain things on Instagram to show like that we have made it or that we are valuable, but it's not, you can tell the difference when it's not sourced from an internal place of self and it's chasing that carrot. Exactly. And how many women do I meet who they've got, they've got so many tools in their toolbox, right? I talk about this a lot. You know, they got so many tools in their toolbox They've done a million degrees, a million certifications, all this training, like they're, you know, X, Y, Z, they've got all these things and they're, they still don't know how to bring their value. It's like they, they're still sort of like, well, maybe I should just get one more certification or maybe I should just do one more training. And I'm like, no, no more. You're not allowed to do anything. And a lot of my clients, when they come in, I'm like, you're not allowed to do any other programs, no programs, no learning anything, no downloading anything, nothing, nothing, nothing like because there's so much they have to give already and it's that value issue it's that struggling to own their value that makes them strive to get more just that they have a little bit more right yeah yeah I've definitely seen that like where the whole alphabet is behind their name because they have so many different (laughs) credentials and they're just like and I need to do maybe I just need to understand one more thing um yeah because it's us not trusting and then that comes back to trust like not trusting that we are enough that we're more than enough, that we already have what we need to. I think that's one of the the most amazing mantras that I've ever come across and used in my meditation practice when I start to fall into this lack of value is that I really sit and go into my body and feel into my solar plexus, which is your I am. And it's like right here in your, the mid kind of where your um, breastbone, like people if you right above your belly button, your solar plexus between your belly button and your breastbone. So if any listeners are thinking like right here, <laughs> that is your solar plexus. That is where the I will energy. If you follow like the chakra energies, just connecting to that and actually saying, you know, I already have everything I need to do what I'm here to do. I already possess everything I need. I already know everything I need to know to do what I'm here to do. I think that's one of the most powerful teachings that I've ever learned is to come back to that when I start to get off and I start to lose confidence and I stop trusting myself because I absolutely believe that we don't, we don't set out on some mission or some journey, a calling, if you will, with if we weren't actually here to do that work and if we didn't already possess what we needed to possess in order to do that work. Yeah. 
Like I agree. And maybe that's a good segue sort of into talking about some reference points, because it's one thing to talk about what it feels like when you're really owning your value. It's another thing to feel it. And I think, you know, some people don't have any reference points, right? They've never really owned their value in their life. So they don't even have a sense of that feeling. Other people have had fleeting moments of it. And other people maybe have valued themselves more in their life and it's a more of a pattern. But I think, you know, maybe we should talk about what it feels like when you're actually valuing yourself. Because see, what I look at, even in myself, is it's almost like I'm able to just stop, right? Like, like this is, this is part of my reference point. I'm able to stop. I'm not trying to make it better for anybody. I'm not trying to fix things. I'm not trying to fix myself. I'm not trying to make someone happy. I'm not trying to please anyone. I'm not trying to do things for the world. I literally can just stop and be, right? That's when I'm really, really valuing myself. And I can deliberately decide what to do with my intention and time, but I'm not being pulled by everything. Yes. Yes. And that's why I think for me, the meditating, like the actual act of sitting in lotus pose, usually with spine straight and like bringing attention to my center core energy, um, is a way that I can feel it. You know, we have that feeling and they say like, cause the solar plexus is kind of like the, the pit of your stomach or people say, I feel, I just kind of feel it in my stomach. You either feel like shaky or wobbly in your stomach, you know, when you're not like owning yourself, there's that feeling of people will even say my core is weak or I feel wobbly or I can't find my sense of power. And so from a somatic place, I think if you start noticing you're not value, just like kind of patterns of not valuing yourself, like check in with your body Mm. and see where you feel do you feel a little bit of, um, of, of absence of self? Do you feel like it's wobbly? Do you feel shaky kind of in that core area? And if so, just the act of breathing and bringing your attention to it and noticing like, wow, how am I feeling really in my body right now? Am I owning my value? That's what I think people get confused about, Sonia. I don't know if you have that issue with your clients, but sometimes people think, well, just recognizing it is not going to change it or, or how am I going to do anything with that? Like, okay, I'm wobbly. Like, what does that matter? But there's something really valuable in that awareness mm-hmm. of noticing sensation, breathing through sensation and watching it change. Because it will change when you watched it long enough, you know? I mean, I think awareness is everything because when you become aware of the energy, aware of where you're devaluing yourself, you can make a decision. When you're not aware, you're, it's like you're functioning behind the scenes and there's not really an opportunity for a decision. Yeah. So this is why awareness becomes so important. So, you know, sometimes I give my clients like these exercises that just help them become more aware of their energy. Like recently I gave someone an exercise where I realized energetically she was pushing things away, right? There was like a wall there. So it's like she's doing all the right actions in her business. She's doing everything that needs to be done. Like everything she's offering is perfect. The foundation she's offering we've designed is perfect. Everything's good, but there's a wall 
that she's creating. And so no one's coming to her. Nothing's happening because of that wall. It's like energetically people can feel it. So I just had her become aware of the wall, like not do anything with it, become aware of when she had the wall up and when she had the wall down. And then just that small exercise, she was able to begin to recognize it and make decisions around it so that she could be more open. And it totally shifted her business. Like all of a sudden people were coming, she was having great calls, people were interested in her services, like totally different experience. And it was just by becoming aware of that energy. So I think awareness is like the key. I mean, we devalue it, right? (laughs) It gets back to that. You know, that's a very feminine quality, the wisdom of awareness, the wisdom to be and to just experience something and to recognize it and to see it. Like that's a very feminine quality, but we devalue that. It's like we want, we think, oh no, it has to, what are we going to do with it? And that's masculine. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It's so true. And I feel like I just, I can't leave this topic without speaking to the value of the the body is not just awareness of, so first it starts with awareness, but the biology of the body is so amazing. Like Mm -hmm. shifting attention into the stomach area, which has some of the most complex nerves that communicate. It's like the vagus nerve is the only nerve in our body. And it actually comes into that area of the back of the stomach. And it takes 80% of information from those nerves up into the brain. It's the only nerve that works that way. It goes up into the brain instead of the brain nerves coming down. Like there's a lot of things that um, send energy, I mean, um, information up and down in the body, but the vagus nerve is meant to go, hey brain, like this is what we're feeling in the body, in the core of the body. Like this is what we're feeling. And it's amazing the, the science of it, that if we feel our core, it's not just some sort of abstract thinking. It's really being in touch with your physical body, which translates into your sense of self, into the understanding and the knowing of I am. And then we hope that that leads then to I am valuable. Mm. I am contributing. I am more than good enough, right? It's I am divine when you get into the spiritual. So I guess I just want to speak to the fact that when we talk about the value of coming into the body, there's a science, there's so much science now that you can go and you can read about and you can really understand the anatomy of why the mind-body connection is so important. And it's not just thought over body, it's the body telling us, our spiritual selves, even like what's going on. Um, so I don't know. I just wanted to underline that a little bit to be like, the body is amazing. And if you start feeling like you can't get your mind around value, start with the body as your entry point and start connecting to your body and feeling strong in your body. Even if it's just sitting and noticing it and doing breathing exercises and feeling your, you know, your breath moves your body and your abdomen to open and, and to collapse and open and collapse, you know, as you breathe. Yeah, look, that's really amazing. And I agree. Like it is, it's it's all so connected. And the way that we've separated it is really misaligned with us being able to succeed. Yeah. And I think, you know, this core issue of value is a big one, right? And it's a and it's a core one. And it's something that you really will have to address if you want to succeed in business. There's no working around it. 
Like I've seen so many women try, but it really is something that you have to confront and something that you have to work with and something that you have to practice because when you truly own your value, everything in your business really does work. Like it's, it's sort of amazing because we, we so think it's all the tactics and we think it's exactly what we do when someone's got a magic formula. Well, yep. The magic formula is value yourself. And when you actually step into that, it's like things just work. You know what to do. Things just happen. People connect with you. They want what you have to offer. Like it's, it's really amazing. And so I think, you know, it's just something that we really wanted to bring to light because so many people, and it's not just women, but it, you know, it is particularly women because of some of the systemic issues and some of our past um, of what's happened with women. But I think this is something that we need to become more aware of. Um, And instead of trying to go above it and do all these other things in your business, you might just need to look at maybe why something isn't working is because you're not valuing yourself. Yeah. It's a good lens to just pull back and take that perspective. Like how much of this is related to value and how can I shift that? And maybe if it's too hard to do on your own, remember to reach out to other people that do see you and see your value and let them know that you're feeling vulnerable and that you need that help. I think that's something that I have to remind myself too, when, I, when the work is too hard to do alone, <laughs> I have a community and yeah. they remind me, they remind me of my value. And it really, it helps me go back into that place to source for myself as well. And if you don't have a community that values you, because I also meet women who yeah. don't, find one. You can join our yeah. Facebook group. We'll value you. But you can also find a community of women who, you know, relates to where you are and, you know, can really value you. Because one of the things I tell women constantly is you are valuable by doing nothing. Yeah. Just being here, breathing, you are of tremendous value. Absolutely. And I think that's really important. So any, any last thoughts, Laura, before we wrap up? Just that we are all more than enough. (laughs) Yes, we are. That needs to be our mantra. I am enough. (laughs) All right. Thank you all for joining us. We're so privileged to have you as part of our community. So have a beautiful day and we will see you next week. Thanks so much for listening to the show. You can dive into more of the conversation in our Facebook group, Women in the Business Arena. You can also access all of our episodes and some great resources at womeninthebusinessarena.com. Our mission is to arm more women with the tools, strategies, and know-how to navigate the business arena with ease so they can create more success, more fulfillment, and more liberation. If you're enjoying the show and want to support our mission, you can write a review on iTunes or share it with your friends. A huge thank you to all of you who commented, reviewed, and shared our show. We are so appreciative of your support. Okay. Okay, talk to you next week.